This is the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. And we are just post Independence Day in the U.S. Mm. And I don't know if any of you karate people watched the hot dog eating contest. I didn't watch it, but um, that is some next level like oh, grappling nice. skills from that guy, whatever his name was, <laughs> Jeff or something. I don't know. This guy that won the two. Is he? Yeah, I think okay. so. I okay. believe he got like he ate like sixty three hot dogs. So he literally threw some guy on the ground and still whooped everybody's butt. He's in the middle of like shoving two hot dogs in his mouth and his dude like comes up on stage to get in front of him with a sign and he reaches around and like grabs the guy behind the neck and like throws throws him him. behind him. Oh, so good. So you don't can't you can't come in between a person and his food. No. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I just thought it was really great. And it was a great way to like be reactive on the spot. Like we've seen so many of these like people being attacked on stage lately or having protesting on the stage lately. Right. So to see that guy just react so quickly and like throw the guy behind him. I mean, it was wonderful. When you stand between a person and uh, their prize, I guess that makes well, you sense. You can stand between a man and his wiener. Okay. <laughs> Apparently you can't. <laughs> I, I don't know. All, that could be taken dude, I've been waiting all the- <laughs> so many different ways, but that's fine. Okay, so moving on, we got a great email um, from a newer listener, and they were kind of asking um, some questions about some of our philosophy as far as um, organizations and things like that. So we're going to kind of dive into this email because there's a lot of really great aspects. Um, so hopefully they don't mind if we kind of read it. Um, the first question says, uh, they are asking about our personal reasons, um, why and how we've been able to remain as a standalone dojo without an affiliation to an organization. Um, uh, the person said, especially as instructors and owners of a dojo, what is your approach toward evolving and rank for yourselves? That's mm. kind of the first part. So she's asking what, how do we, how are we going to basically move up in the Don ranks? Yeah. Well, the first one is let's, let's just say maybe take it one sentence at a time. Cause there was a lot here. What are our personal reasons that we are not affiliated and, um, how have we been able to remain unaffiliated? Okay. Well, we agreed that basically we were paying a fee and getting nothing in return. Yeah. And then it was like almost a pseudo thing where you would pay the fee, but then you, when you went to any kind of event, you still had to pay, like you got a $10 discount mm-hmm. on, and it just didn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. And that's in that aspect. So from a business perspective, I'm not sure how your dojo is run, but we're going to think of things as far as um, business. And like, if you are paying um, money for a service or a product or an, uh, uh, affiliation in this case, um, there has to be some kind of return on your investment. And as an individual, if I'm not actually getting anything for spending money, um, to say that I am part of something, that to me, that is not a return on investment. Because what does that, what does part of something mean? Does it mean I'm part of a community? Well, we are part of a community. We're part of the karate community at large. Right. We have friends on Facebook. We have people that we can train with regardless of organization. So to me, that's not valid. Um, are you saying that I'm getting continuing education opportunities? Well, what we're saying is we're, we were having to pay more fees for the continuing education on top of the association of uh, the um, association fees. And that is fairly normal. I have to say, like I have um, with personal training, I have to pay a membership fee every year. Uh, plus, I have to pay liability insurance fees, and then any continuing educa- most continuing education opportunities I do have to pay for. So I get that that's a pretty normal business model, uh, but I don't like it. <laughs> and if I don't have to pay for it, I'm not going to do it. So um, I think that's a thing to consider 
is is the organization that you're um, considering being part of do they provide what you would consider to be a valid return on investment or one that you're willing to pay x amount of dollars for yeah I, I, yeah and we were at a point in our karate where we were starting to not have the same ideas as the organization itself mm-hmm. and it was hard for us to kind of go against what we know is right to to adhere to organizational ex- expectations right because within the organization if the main part of it is that you you have this recognizable rank right that, that the organization somehow gives that validity to whatever rank you have mm-hmm. and we were going to have to do certain things that we know were dangerous to our health in the long run and and kind of kowtow to this this idea of what it's supposed to be when we were going a different path anyways. in order in order to do what in order to and, move in up order in to rank? move up in rank okay right to test and move up in rank mm-hmm. we were also going to have to hold our students to that same kind of um inaccurate standard and expectations and syllabus so that we had we were within organizational guidelines let's and let's also come at the perspective with this um that we are both sondons we both have about uh, 20 plus years of experience apiece. Um, so, you know, and I guess when we started um, our current dojo, it was about 15 years. Okay, so um, I think you have to have a certain number of years under your belt. I think you have to have a certain amount of knowledge under your belt. Um, I don't think we're under any presupposition that we have arrived by no. any means. But because we have so many years under our belt, we have a clearer view of where we are headed. And it makes it easier for us to decide for ourselves, okay, which path are we going to take for our karate? Does this association or organization, is that going to take us further down that path? Or is that going to make, make us adhere to things that we don't really want to be part of? And then how does that further trickle down to our students? Yeah. Why do I feel like I'm getting woman-splained? No, I'm adding to what you already said. But listen, that happens every podcast. I always woman's blame you. I know. Isn't that horrible? I'm just adding extra detail. That's all Oh, you're adding is. adjectives to my, my, yeah, adge- my bland statements. Adjectives to your nouns. Um, let's see. So um, as far as like remaining as a standalone dojo, um, I mean, so I think a lot of the answers for these questions are going to have to do with what type of martial art you're doing, um, where you're located in the world, what access you have to certain information. Because um, being a standalone dojo in the US and not being necessarily affiliated, I think that's actually more normal than most people realize. Um, especially with like the McDojo life kind of stuff everywhere. I think there are a lot of people who've kind of made up their own styles and they're not necessarily affiliated um, and they do okay. So I'm not saying that I want to be a McDojo by any means, but um, just to throw that out there, I don't think being unaffiliated is as abnormal as people think it is. No, I think it's it's more commonplace, definitely with, like you are saying, the different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, even within the Shotokan community, I think there's a lot of dojos that, you know, throughout the, the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s just mm-hmm. got tired of the political stuff and mm-hmm. didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So they, they do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um Although we are standalone, we are not affiliated with any major organization. We still have friends on almost every local organization, every major organization in world Florida. Organization, yeah. yeah, we got, we got JKA friends. We got, you know, we got Sunday morning kickle guys. We, we're friends with HDKI guys. I mean, mm-hmm. just because we're not affiliated, 
the beautiful thing about now is that we're not ostracized, right? We're not just kind of put on, on an island. We, we're able to still talk to people and, and share ideas. So. And share training opportunities yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have regular training with people from all over the state who are, I don't even know what what organizations they're part of, but right. we're definitely all not in the same organization. And also to to also preface this a little bit is I grew up in a dojo that was never affiliated. We were never, ever affiliated with an organization, not once. Um, so we did fine. I mean, we granted, um, not many people did much after Shodan. Um, we live in a small community and so not a lot of people stuck around, but that's also the norm for most dojos. Um, so, you know, I'm also coming from that perspective is that we were never affiliated and we, we pretty much did okay. Um, the next part of the question was, especially as instructors and owners of a dojo, what is your approach toward evolving, uh, evolving and rank for yourselves? So, um, when I was coming up in rank, I did not know that you could go past Godon. Um, I thought that that was as high as it went. And based on the information that I was given about the requirements that some organizations have for Don ranking, I didn't feel that I wanted to necessarily go very high in rank, not because I'm opposed to it, but if I have to adhere to really weird requirements by certain organizations that I don't agree with, then I'm not, I'm not really willing to do that. I'm not willing to put my ego aside for somebody else's stamp of approval, but that's just me. So maybe that's my, my downfall. I don't know. What do you I think? think that's, that's the, that's common in both of us, right? We kind of have that mm -hmm. attitude like, you know, it, after a certain rank, it, it's in other's opinions of who you are, what you are in your own career. And what you've contributed. And what yeah. you've contributed to, right? And mm -hmm. I got to value that opinion before I, I feel like it's valid or mm -hmm. has value to it. Mm -hmm. um, and right now there's only really one person, two people in my world that I, I would want to, I'd value their opinion of my karate. Mm -hmm. You know, one's right here next to me and the other one's in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And anybody else could look at me and go, it's crap. And I'm like, okay, it's crap. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I think we're at that point in our karate. We've been there for a while. Where it's like we, we don't see it necessary to go up in rank. Right. Um, and I don't think it's necessary for me to move up in rank so I could rank my students higher either. So this come, I think the answer to this kind of comes down to like, what is your intention for your dojo? Yeah. Um, because when what's it your intention for grading up? Yeah. Also. Yes. Because when you start talking about higher level ranks, now we're really getting political because it has been historically in the United States. You might not like this, but this is true. Historically in the United States, black belts have been, Japanese black belts were ranked up so that they would have higher ranks so that they could rank up people in their community. Regardless of whether or not they were, quote, deserving of a higher rank, they were increased in rank in order to be able to build up their community. That Westerners is a, too, that's, Americans too. That is a, that's totally a political deal. And I'm, I'm not interested in that, um, you know, so <laughs> there's that part as well. Right. So, but but I'm not downplaying that if that is important to you, if it's an important part of your of your business model, if if that is kind of how you keep your students motivated, is you have to have some kind of a stepping system for them, and they have to have that rank feedback. Then I think that would be important. That's not the way that we've set up our dojo, right. so I don't think that is as important. Um, 
so anyway, so that's just we're we're kind of at this point where we're not really we don't really care about going up in rank. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically, I mean. Yeah. Is it, are you looking for pursuit of rank? Are you looking for pursuit of knowledge? Are they synonymous or are they not? In mm. our case, it's not synonymous. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I want to say before we go too for, too much further on, we are part of an organization. We are part of the uh, Sunday Morning Kickle, but that organization, um, it's nice because it doesn't. It, we're part of a community, and the majority of those guys, I mean, all of them I can think of it, are friends of ours, and we've met them in person. Mm-hmm. And it's just to us, it's well, it's not about rank to begin with in that in that organization. Right. They don't issue they, rank. They don't issue rank. They don't. Well, they don't. I think that might change a little bit, mm-hmm. right? But um, I don't know if that's within own dojos or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there's no agenda there. You know what I mean? Like he, they offer community online. They get special, you know, membership pay uh, privileges. You get um, opportunities to train with Rick and all these other things. And to me, that what we pay is worth that because they're not selling us anything else. Sure. You know, they're not saying we got to do this and not making any requirements on us either. Sure. And I think that to me is where organizations are going to have to change. They're going to have to learn how to minister to the members and, and work with their members and to, to help them more than the members support the organization. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of structured now. Yeah. So uh, you, you, you are not entitled to my money because you're an organization. Right. You have to provide a product or a service or some kind of return for me to give you money. That's the bottom line. Um, let's see. What she said. What I said. Uh, okay. So another part of this says, um, this person said that rank is not important to them. Um, but in terms of learning new kata under organizational curriculum, rank is a prerequisite. Okay, so once again, that's going to completely depend on the style that you are in and the organization that you are part of, because I understand that some organizations have that as a prerequisite where they will not teach you new material until you have tested or, you know, paid for the exam or whatever. Um, and I get that. And, you know, on a dojo level, I mean, it's it's not exactly like that. I mean, we don't we don't withhold information because someone has not tested um, unless we said, hey, you you need to test and there's a test this Saturday or next Saturday and you need to test. And they're like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> we, we, might, we might go back and forth a little bit on that. But for the most part, we're not going to withhold information from a student who has obviously shown progress um, regardless of not whether or not they've tested. But I can see that on a small scale. Um, but on a larger scale, you know. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. It's a, a way. We don't agree with it, but it might right. be your organization. Right. Well, you know, I think it, it comes down to when it comes to things like this, of being part of an organization or not, or, and all these other questions, mm-hmm. it's is what is your, what does karate mean to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's your value system within karate? What mm-hmm. are you looking to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Um what is this, the community you're part of mm. and is it fulfilling? Mm-hmm. Does it fulfill your needs? Mm-hmm. And then go from there, you know? Um, for me, personally, it, never, it didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So we'd win our own route. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we should. everybody should just go independent. No, we're, we're saying not saying is, that, but that's what worked for us We're in our right, position. Right. We're in the position to, that we're in because we want to be there. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like um, it might not be best for everybody. Right. So. You know, like just like just learning Nukata, mm. um, 
We in Sh- I've never in Shotokan. I mean, maybe there's an organization that does this, but I've never in Shotokan heard of an organization that doesn't teach you Nukata because you don't have certain rank. Once you're a Yudancha, um, I learned all 26 katas uh, by seven years ago or whatever. So I, I heard of that when I was a kid back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. It, it happened more than not. Where people you wouldn't learn new. Yeah, that was just didn't... always like, oh, that's Sandan level kata. You don't know that. You don't need to know that. These well, are the I mean, katas. okay. Like think about JK's group A, B, and C thing. Okay, so yeah, we did have that a little bit within the dojo, but it was like you kind of shouldn't do it, but it wasn't like no, you can't learn that. Well, in it was for you guys. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. This, no, you're not of the rank. You can't learn these katas. Mm-hmm. You don't even ask. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Um, next part of the question is, my experience that is that a Yudansha cannot achieve advanced rank certification without organizational affiliation or having higher ranking instructor or master outside of your dojo that is willing to certify you. Unless you just give yourself your own don rank. We didn't do that. <laughs> Eleven so, don. Eleven so, don. So, okay. So, to, to be transparent... We tested under other organizations, right. di- different organizations from each other. So we both tested to Sandan other under, I, we, let's see, Shodan for me was not under any organization. But Nidan and Sandan were both under an organization. So I did have someone from outside of our dojo, higher ranking individual, who signed off on both of those. So yes, I agree. You do have to have someone of high rank who is outside of your circle, sort of, um, who is willing to do that. Yeah, and I would say it's different for me because I ranked up and I got Shodan or JK. Nidan or AJK, Sandan over WTKO. Yeah, three different ones, yeah. Uh, three different organizations, but mm. it was because I lived in Japan, I lived upstate New York, mm-hmm. I lived in Florida, and I was mm-hmm. older, I could choose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the value in that. Yeah. I see a value in, in all that, but at the same time, um, you know, we're still young as a dojo. And we, you know, in the future, it might possibly be that we have, we might need to join a, an organization. Yeah, never all know. of this may change. Yeah, this all might change, but right now and mm-hmm. what we are, where we're at, and what we're doing, um, it's not mm-hmm. no, no reason to, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean. We're very selfish. Yes, we're very, <laughs> very self centered and ego driven. Um, yeah, we do agree that you really sh- you need to have somebody else if you're trying to go up and, and advance in rank. Then yeah, you would need someone from outside of your dojo. It's just a matter of a que- it's just a question of whether or not you you need it. Um, you know, another bit of background is that um, my instructor when I was growing up, um, was, was not ranked very high as far as actual examinations. Uh, I'm not going to get into that too much, but, um, what I feel is most important is, you know, there, I think there is a certain level that you should be at if you're going to be an instructor. I, I get that, um, it's different per martial art. Like I know that like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for you to be a brown belt is like a huge deal, but in like Shotokan, it's not. I mean, it is kind of a huge deal, but you really wouldn't want to start a dojo as a brown belt. I think even starting a dojo as a shodan nowadays is maybe a bit pushing it. Back in the day, that may have been different because um, the standards were a little bit stricter. Um, but I feel like nowadays, you probably as far as knowledge, we need to be like neat on Sandan level. You, you agree? I agree. San- I think San- Well, in Japan, Sandan is the level that Mm-hmm. They say, oh, you could teach now. Right? Yeah. So in my mind, that's always been the ideal. Level. Me too. Yeah. So. And, and like, remember, you know, if you, you can't break off on your own and like defy the rules of the system unless you first understand the system. So I don't think it would be intelligent when you're too early in your training, Q rank, early Don ranks to just go off and do your own thing. It's fine to receive like 
um, uh, input from lots of different sources, but you do have to have some kind of structure and guiding principles that you're going by. So, you know, prior to Need on Sondan, you might actually really need to be part of an organization. Yeah. You know, we were we were many years past Sondan before we stepped away. I mean, I tested for Sondan in 2015, I guess, mm -hmm. I think, and you were 2014. Right. Yeah, and, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago right. that we even stepped off on our own. So, you know, I think that's important to consider as well as like, now I'm not saying take advantage of organizations, but you, you do have to have some kind of structure coming up. So please don't think that we're saying right off the rip, you should step off on your own. And we're not even saying that you should necessarily, but you know, well, we just reached a point where it was right even, for us. Even with our own students, we, mm -hmm. we are basing our, our standards and our syllabus off of JKA. Sure. We're using established large organizations and the oh, information yeah. they provide to kind of structure our own students. So it's not like, you know, we're not just out there doing craziness, crazy things and, and, and not maintaining a standard and mm -hmm. a progression and something that is almost universally accepted. Yeah, right. Pretty much. So that where students, when they go anywhere else, they do have a, a standard and, and can prove themselves worthy of whatever that is. Sure. Yeah. Or a eligible for a certain rank or whatever well, yeah it's just you know it's one of those deals where it's just like and nowadays most people don't even question it mm -hmm. you know people walk on the floor and they, they're whatever belt they're wearing they're like okay right? yeah nobody really no one really says anything not so. where we are where we are i've never heard anybody i was always brought up taught that you don't ask people their actual don rank yeah. i don't know if that's actually an etiquette thing but we were always taught you don't do that yeah that, that's an old school thing is it okay yeah well it's it's just an etiquette thing, you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's like asking. You can a woman usually her, tell. Her age. You can you can tell, and in some cases, you can tell maybe where they should be. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say most of the time down here, when someone walks around with a black belt and they're not quite that great, we don't ask about the dawn ranking. No, nah, we don't care. We just look at each other like, oh boy, here. Yeah, we, go. we just yeah, we just share what we can. All right. <laughs> yeah, we, we judge a little. We just, we just judge and roll our eyes. Um, so uh, it says, I personally struggle with this from a business model for two reasons. Uh, actually, I think it's just meant three. One, the students perceive value of a dojo's offering if the instructor has not advanced in rank certification over the years, demonstrating continued education. Okay, there, are, a, there are two aspects to this, I think. Do you want to talk about it? For, you want to go first? All right, so what I was saying, I was going to say is this. Honestly... A new student has no clue what yeah. all those certifications nope. are. They, they'll look at it. They can read it. But they have no idea. A student with no karate background, no martial arts background, they likely care do not less. care. Would likely like care less. You know, mm -hmm. They're more concerned about what the, the, the approach is and the atmosphere and mm -hmm. the programs. They're not worried about that at all. Mm -hmm. Unless they have done extensive amounts of research, right. and most students have not. You will have students that are the odd one that do put time in or have had other martial arts experience. But I, I have, I have, ne I don't think out of all of the students, we've probably had 350, 400 students come through the dojo mm -hmm. in the past five years. Out of those students, we have maybe had maybe five ask our rank. Yeah. Maybe five. Yeah. When it, guys, new students. And those guys were like, are you saying new students? New students. Yeah. Yeah. Not people with back. I mean, some of them may have had some background, but out of, out of I'm, t I'm serious. Like we just haven't had it, and that could be where we live. 
Um, but I, I've just never known new students to care. Yeah. If they see that you have a black belt, they're like, oh, it's a black belt. They don't realize that there's different levels of black belt. They have no clue anything about the ranking system. We always get questions about like the belt colors, like what order they go in. <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's yeah, totally different for dojo, man. So like yeah. they don't, they don't know. No, that's more concerned about how many, right, you know, where everybody stands and mm-hmm. within their own path and stuff. So it's cool. And I think the only way, so so asking about ranking and continuing education, those are not synonymous. That is I not agree. the same thing. Achieving rank and adhering to a standard is not necessarily saying that you're continuing ed- your education. Let me just Amen. explain as an example. I've been in the, in the fitness industry for 10 years. For me to do continuing education credits or go to continuing education events, most of the time now, because there's so much access to so much knowledge on social media and through newsletters and all this kind of stuff, and I have direct access to people in the research field, and because I'm getting that information directly from them, because I can read research journals, when I go to like conferences and events, a lot of the time the information that I'm getting is old news. Like not in every case, but in a lot of cases, it just takes that long for it to become like a presentation at a conference that I've already learned it from directly from the person who's put it together. So I'm saying that to say that standardization sometimes is, can be a little bit behind maybe your continuing education and maybe or can be very different from the path that you've chosen as far as the direction you want your karate to head. Those are not exactly the same thing in every single case. So um the other half, half of the question was asking about um, demonstrating continuing education. I, I don't think, well, from a karate person's perspective, increased rank is not demonstrating continuing education necessarily. No, it's not. Preach it. But from an outside perspective, it might be. No, man. It, it, it might be. From a, from, a, from a person who doesn't know anything about karate, if I tell you that I'm a yeah. fifth Don versus a third Don, they might be yeah. like, oh my God, you like yeah. know so much stuff. They would they would think that. Yeah. Someone with lots of years of experience would be like, a fifth Don according to whose standards? Right. A third Don according to whose standards? Because that makes a difference. Um, so once again, I think it goes back to, does a new student actually care what your rank is? We don't think that they do. We have not had the experience that they have cared. Um, but maybe it's different. Maybe you have had that that experience. Once again, when answering these questions for yourself, I think it goes back to your demographic, the style of martial art you're doing. You know, focus. Yeah, where you're located in the world, whether people actually ask these questions. You know, once again, as far as certification, I've been a personal trainer for ten years. I don't think anyone has ever asked me what certifications I've had. Maybe once. Mm. So, yeah. so a lot of times people don't ask. Yeah. I am certified though. Just uh-huh. saying. I am certified though. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Next question. Is, our next section is um, organizational text curriculum tends to focus on kata breaking or the ability to spar and win, but not necessarily individualized to the student's movement quality or progression during the period in between tests. Mm. So we're talking about test curriculum. So you want to address that? Um, for us, it's a standard syllabus. Syllabus. syllabus, syllabus. Standard syllabus is what you standard said. syllabus, mm-hmm. and um, everybody has their own path and their own learning curve. And there's different aspects of each uh, each rank. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that can be viewed at different ways in different ways, right? So mm-hmm. if we have someone that's a relatively get, uh, a gifted athlete and he could move very well and coordinate very well, mm-hmm. um, but he, he can't make a front stance look right, but he knows how to do the stuff in between, we're not holding him back because he can't make a, a front stance perfectly. We're, we're going to focus on the good things, the things that he's good at and move forward from there and then base our progression off of that right mm-hmm. so um from one rank to the next we need to see better form we need to see better whatever mm-hmm. and as it goes forward but within this the syllabus there's opportunities to look at all those things it's that's the beautiful thing about these larger organizational syllabuses is that they put enough time in there that it, you display a lot of skills yeah right and you're not really expected to be proficient at him until showdown so all the way up until showdown there's a lot of leeway in mm-hmm. what is interpreted as progression and, and not correct yeah I, is I'm, that what i'm asking was that what she's asking oh, i'm like, a little bit confused by the point so let me just kind of maybe explain us the way that that kind of we understand it so our syllabus she's gonna woman explain yeah this <laughs> no no but it's like we, we have explained. a thing. Like I, I think every organization does have a standard, and they have. So in Shotokan, it's kata kihon kumite. Okay, so we don't do like sparring and winning. Um, sparring doesn't even happen until nidan level, like actual free sparring. We do like very basic one step type stuff, at least on in our dojo. On tests. Yes, on on tests. Um, and we don't break stuff. So it's purely kata your. Um, whatever form of basic sparring, and then kihon, which is your just basic movement against the air. Um, so, from our from our background, a syllabus has the movements and what is to be performed on the exam, um, and it is up to the judgment of the um, tester to determine whether or not that student performs those things on the syllabus up to a level that would be considered quote standard for that rank and that can be difficult like one of the things that we've done as a dojo is we actually took our syllabus and broke down percentage wise like yeah what what we will accept and what we won't because it can be so ambiguous um and sometimes different ranks like have a little bit of overlap as far as like how a student's progressing so in our dojo, we are watching the progression, and we have laid that out for ourselves so that we can monitor our students' progress. Um, I don't think organizations tend to do a good job of that as far as their syllabus. Now, I could be wrong, but I've never seen a testing syllabus where the expectations are written out on a syllabus, which doesn't make sense to me. Just what a person should do, that's one thing, but how they're supposed to perform it, I feel is a different thing altogether. And that's just that's just what we have done personally. But you're you're right. I've never seen uh, never seen an organization actually lay that out. Okay, I misunderstood the question completely. Then I don't know. I might have misunderstood it as well. But I was just trying to address it, maybe just from the what the perspective that we've taken, because um, you know, basically an organization says, "Here's your syllabus." Yeah. Have fun. And that's the beauty of not being part of an organization. You can do things like that to where it, it works best for who the instructors themselves, right? Uh-huh. I think if we were of a different mindset, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we both are very, we're meticulous and we're, we, we look at like progression more important than mm-hmm. standardized look per level, right? 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of, I mean, there's there's different aspects of it. There is a form aspect, there is right. a movement aspect. We expect to see, Improvement. It, we expect to see like a range of, yeah, like if, if it's got to be somewhere in this range or it's got to be somewhere in this range. And like, like, I, like I said, it might be like a percentage, like this percent of the time, at least this percent of the time they have to do, you know, whatever, be in a front stance or right. this percent of the time they have to use their draw hand correctly. Those are just dumb examples, but that's just what we have done. But I don't think most organizations do that. So if you needed help with that, you probably would have to turn to your um, organization to ask them, like, hey, what's the difference between, you know, these different standards? Um, but, yeah, you would be obviously getting your, your syllabus from your organization. So um, if you don't have one, that's where you'd get one. Uh, last part of it is um, make sure this is actually still recording before we keep going. Okay. Um, if a studio is affiliated with an organization, the students perceive value on the benefits of organizational membership on top of your local studio membership. Let me tell you my experience with um, affiliating our dojo. We were not affiliated. And the requirements for the association that we were part of were to pay a dojo fee. So the dojo itself had to pay a fee. And then each individual member had to pay a fee. And then when you went to events, you paid a fee. So this is how this went. I had to go to students and say, hey, we joined an organization. It's $20. And they're like, for what? And we're like, well, you get this. And they're like, why would I want that? So it, it was more of a burden. Um, we had a really hard time maybe it was just a situation but we had a hard time explaining to students why they would need to pay now granted if we were paying the money that would probably be different we didn't have the budget for that um but we were going to individual students and being like hey we're gonna join an organization do you want to be part of it and they're like why um so that didn't really work out very well from that perspective maybe if we had changed it and we had paid for it ourselves maybe that would have been an easier selling point um but the only time, once again, we've ever had students ask if we're affiliated with an organization is students who have other martial arts experience. Right. But I will say stuff, uh, organizations like uh, NKF and AAU here in the States, mm -hmm. there's there's value there, right? Oh, yeah. Because your membership buys your insurance cover, mm -hmm. cover so you're, Medical you know. Insurance. Right, so you you're you're insured as mm -hmm. a student mm -hmm. because your dojo's an AAU club. Mm -hmm. You're going to AAU events. Mm -hmm. You got insurance. You're covered for any kind of injuries. Mm -hmm. To me, that kind of organization, yeah, it's where it's at. Sure. Right. Uh, but so we're, that's a national but, organization. Yeah. Yeah. More of the um, what the organizations we're talking about the, are the specialized uh, per style per yeah per like you know. Uh, like ha, which is like family style or family roots. So if you had Shotokan, you had JKA, you have JKS, you have, you know, Kenkokujuku, you have, you know, all the Shotokai and things like that, right? You have all these different variations, and those smaller organizations, which are could be large in number, um, are are the ones that usually give really don't give you much for your money. Mm -hmm. I mean, even JKA, I don't think they have. There's an insurance cover there. Yeah. That's one of the largest world, uh, one of the largest organizations in the world for Shotokan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think when you're when you're approaching stuff like this, like first of all, what is the norm for your martial art? Is it normal for everybody to be right. part of an organization? Are there inherent benefits that can't be ignored and that can't be worked around? And okay, obviously you would be part of the organization. If there's not really a lot of benefit, if it's just kind of there, 
because whatever, um, then that's when you start to question whether or not it's worth it. Um, I think also when you're doing anything from a business perspective, you have to be realistic. What does the client or the student or the customer actually want? What are they actually thinking? Not what do you think they should be thinking because you have years in the martial art. What are they actually thinking? What is their actual problem? If a student comes to you and they want to join your club, they're likely coming in because they want to defend themselves. They want more discipline for their children. They want some physical fitness. They're not really very concerned about you necessarily they want to know that you know stuff and they'll be able to see that as you teach um but they're not super concerned with little tidbits of information like what organization you're necessarily part of some people will most of the time they won't so you know if you if you don't join an organization obviously you need to have some good reasons to back that up we do i would not encourage you to just use our reasons <laughs> i would encourage you to have your own um but i think that this is a problem in the fitness community as well, where you have a perception of what you want, what you think your customer wants, and you don't actually have any clue what they want or what they're thinking about. So, you know, just use some caution when it comes to actually the business perspective. Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah, there was one other thing. Um, never, uh, never, never exclude the idea of becoming part of an organization. Yeah. Just make sure it fits your needs, you know? Yes. And as you're, if you're running on a dojo, the longer you run a dojo, you're, the, the needs of your community community are going to change. Yes. Right? And you're going to want to go with that change. And, and that's just part of it. You know, you might start as a, a traditional dojo and, and turn end up being part of sport karate. So you have to have that, that mm-hmm. organizational tie or that, yeah. that, you know, thing. And that's just the way it is. So. Yeah. Um, when it comes to continuing education. Okay. So hmm. I think I mentioned, mentioned this briefly earlier. I think that maybe I didn't. Um, the time where students, I feel, see demonstrated most eloquently the fact that you are continuing ed- your education is when they are close in rank behind you. Right. When they are close to Don rank or they are Don ranking students and they, you, they are learning material that is more similar to what maybe you are necessarily working on that is when they start to see whether or not you are continuing your education. Um, We say that because we have had that experience where we have done a certain thing a certain way for so long and we've taught it that way and we've had to go back particularly to our higher ranking students and be like, uh, so you should change this (laughs) because it's probably not a good idea to keep doing it the way that we taught you. Um, And that can be frustrating, but I think that's when people see it the most. Yeah, being honest with your students and and yeah. and being humble enough to admit that hey, we're doing it wrong or it you know, it seems like a nightmare to some some to instructors, but in reality it's very empowering, right? Yeah. I, I can't say and emphasize that enough. The the most some of the best classes and discussions and and when students are really engaged was when we were like, "Hey, that's that's going to be hurt or going to cause injury in the long run right and then we're and we just, taught it to you and we taught it to you and we, <laughs> we can't do that but we what was the beautiful thing about us because and this is where our moment was shine was like this is the reasons why yeah and this is a better way to do it that in itself reassures the student hey our, mm-hmm. our instructors are still training they're still working hard and these are things that we need to know and it, it just i don't know how else to say it man um it's probably the the most vital part of your dojo is you continually train. Yeah. And I think 
um, I think that having, mm, I don't know how to word this, having other people's stamp of approval on your continuing education, um, I don't know that that would necessarily matter as much to your students as you think it would. I think them seeing that you genuinely have a thirst for knowledge, that you are genuinely seeking out and and, and getting better um, through, you know, the discussions that you have, through talking about what you're working on, maybe discussing that, sharing ideas if you're comfortable with that, um, and then also being humble enough to go back and, and fix things that you have taught incorrectly to your students. Um, I think that all of those are good markers of like, hey, I am actually continuing to learn and also just actually saying that like saying like hey i don't actually have this perfect um so please don't think that i do i'm continuing to learn just as well as you are but i also think that's maybe a different perspective on continuing education because what you right. learned up to shodan level need on level in our case sound on level um that that stuff can't be set in stone if i don't know you learned it incorrectly <laughs> okay sometimes continuing education is fixing the things that you've already learned okay so don't just think it's going past this point. Sometimes most, it's going backwards. Most of the time, most of the time, it's fixing the things you mislearned or misunderstood. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's when you get past that phase of like fixing all your mistakes and bad habits. Oh boy, yeah. Um, and then you're real high rank. <laughs> that's the majority of your karate life. Yeah, I think that's, so. That's that's something that I just I've come to grips and say, you know what? I'm always gonna have issues. It's gonna be this thing, mm -hmm. and I would encourage students or dojo, especially instructors, that just accept that it's. Mm -hmm. There's always something to work on. There's always something to improve. Yeah. So. Sure. Speaking of which, what you working on? Uh, Hopefully that answered your questions, by the way. If it didn't, you can email us again. Yeah. Sometimes I think we kind of got us down with whatever, though. It's either easier than writing an email. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I'm working on the jab, shift the front foot, downward block, step, and punch. Mm -hmm. uh, the aspect of it right now is the rear driving leg in rotation to the stepping punch because mm -hmm. um, you go from that... Um, well, you're doing the down block, hip rotation, step and punch all together, but driving that rear leg a little bit and trying to get the hip to come around a little bit sharper. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just working on that. Mm -hmm. So, what you working on? I have not worked on anything. Oh, this is probably one of the only podcasts we've had where I have no, I don't have an answer. So, I will be Black. working on stuff. I just, I had to take a little bit of a break. So, I'm hoping to be back at it this week, and um, I think I'm gonna switch gears a little bit, go back into working on some kata. I think I might do Wonkan. Haven't done it yet. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Wankan. There you have it. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.